Um, okay, just make sure I can see. All right, I don't want to like restate everything that everyone already said, but I'm super excited about youth camp and even like the fact that it's in a different place and this was not according to our plan because um, if I think back on my life and if you ask the grown-ups in the room, like the old people, I think that probably they would say that the Lord met them in like the most concentrated times when things happened that weren't expected. Plus, I don't have like a long history of youth camp, like people like Andrew Van Horn, who was like in, where's Andrew? Oh, there you are. Like you were a student at youth camp, and so you probably feel like you've been coming to youth camp all your life. Right, I've only been around this for a couple years, but when I think about even like the funny stories, like the ones that people remember from youth camp like a long time ago, it's always when like things went how you didn't expect it. You know, like I remember hearing a story, and I probably don't have all the details right, but Someone said about youth camp was out at New Horizons one time and it rained so hard that there were actually like rivers of water running through the boys' tents, you know? Like, and, and like, now who would like volunteer for that? Like nobody would sign up for like, oh yes, I want to sleep in the stream, you know? <laughs> but, but like those are the things that people remember for years and years and years. I'm not saying we're going to have that this year. You know, hopefully nobody's sleeping in the stream. But, but here's what we can be sure of. A couple things we can be sure of. Things will be different this week than we thought they would be at CFMAC. So all kinds of memories are on tap to be had. And while there are lots of things that are different, here's what's the same. The Lord is here. You're here with like-minded people. You're going to build relationships with Jesus, and you're going to build relationships with each other. And for those of you who've been at youth camp, that's the best part. You know what I mean? So none of that's going to change. All right? So why don't we pray? We've done a lot of that, but you can never do too much. So why don't we pray, and then we're going to get into the message, all right? Lord Jesus, thank you for youth camp. Thank you that we're here, finally. I know it was much anticipated, and uh, we're so glad for all the work that went into this. We're mostly glad for every single human life sitting in this room. Lord, we ask that you would have your way with each one of us, the, the campers, the team leaders, the staff, everybody. Lord, we know that we're that you desire to reach every one of us this week. It's not just about reaching the campers, it's about reaching all of us. So Lord, we ask that you would use each one of us um, as a vessel for your truth and help us, Lord, to be changed by your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. You're only allowed to answer them with a yes or a no, okay? In fact, we'll do it like a vote, okay? So I'll ask the question and then I'll say who's yes, who's no, all right? Do you know who I am? So if you're yes, raise your hand. That's a lot of people. Uh, raise your hand if you say no. There's, <laughs> you're lying. Okay, now I realize I am wearing a name tag, so there shouldn't be anybody with their hand raised for no. Okay, that's good. Next yes or no question. The fact that you know who I am, does that mean that you know everything about me? Every single thing there is to know about me. How many people say yes? Okay, that's good. How many people say no? Right, correct. So far, you guys are good at this. Like, I'm not even sure I know everything about myself, right? Let me ask you a harder one. Do you know what I'm like? Do you know what I'm like? How many people would say yes? How many people would say no? How many people would be like, eh? Okay, some of you are like, okay, I want to change my answer, right? Okay, right, because some of you know me in different settings, and so you know what I'm like in those settings, but 
who knows what I'm like all the time, right? So can you really fairly say, do you know what I'm like? All right, this one's not a yes, no question. If you know me, now remember, you're not allowed to say my name yet, even though it's on my shirt, okay? If you know me, I want you to tell me how you know me. Raise your hand and tell me how you know me. I'm not looking at my children for a minute. Wesley. <laughs> through church. Okay, so some of you know me through church. Rihanna. Band. Through band. I was Rihanna's band director at the Indiana Junior High. Uh, who's that Eli back there? Yes, Eli. School and church. School and church. Okay, yes. A friend's dad. Friend's dad, right? Okay, so we have all these connections. Stella, Henry, Beezy. Yeah, right, right. So some of the connections, some of the connections are closer than others, right? Okay, now, I mean, we all get along, and I like you all, and hopefully you like me, but obviously I have a different relationship with my kids than I have with, like, someone who I just know from school, right? Okay, now, if you wanted to get to know me better, we could ask some really interesting kind of bizarre questions. Have you ever taken one of those... Um, like quizzes online that like tell you what your personality type is and they like ask you these weird things, okay? So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask myself a series of questions so that you can get to know me a little better and I'm gonna answer each question with I am this, right? So uh, let's say that you're questioning me and you say, hey, if you could be any animal in the world, what would you be? And I say, I am a kitten, okay? Now, that would tell you something about me because, like, when I asked that question, probably bazillions of animals jumped into your head, and I didn't say grizzly bear. I didn't say lion. I didn't say elephant. I said kitten. So that tells you something about my personality. These, by the way, are not necessarily the answers I would actually give <laughs> if I was being asked these questions, okay? So for right now, I am a kitten, all right? So, Mr. Kitten, if... You could eat one food for the rest of your life. What would it be? And I would answer, I am a kitten who eats pizza. All right? And that tells you a little bit more about my personality because I didn't say sushi and I didn't say steak. I said pizza, and that kind of brings up a certain connotation. All right? If you could go anywhere you wanted to be a kitten and eat pizza, where would you go? And I would say, I am a kitten eating pizza in outer space because I would love to go to outer space. That actually might be the real answer that I would give, okay? Not, no, outer space I'd pick, okay? Last one, if you could have any superpower in the entire world, what would it be? And I say, I am a kitten eating pizza in outer space with lasers for eyes. And if that was the case, then I could be something like this, Isaac, all right. So that's me, and if that... <laughs> If you ask those kind of like personality questions and you get that picture in your head, that gives you an idea of what this person is like, right? Now, we're not here to talk about kittens in space, and we're not here to actually talk about me either. We are here. I forgot I was supposed to be cutting this bread this whole time, so I got to hurry up and do this. Um, we're here to talk about Jesus, right? And Jesus, in the scriptures, gave seven statements, just like the ones that I gave, except he didn't say anything about kittens or lasers or pizza or anything like that. He gave seven statements that started with the words, I am. And those I am statements help us to know him better. And we're going to be talking about those all week. Can anybody guess which one I'm going to start with? I am what? The bread of life, right? Is it behind me? I love it when they beat me to it, okay? 
All right, now let me see where we are in my notes and see if I can do two things at one time. No, I'm not going to be able to because I need to pass out the bread. I tell you what, I'm going to cut this bread, put it in this bowl. Mr. Marshall, would you start handing it out? Just everybody grab one slice of bread. Don't eat it, okay? Not yet. This, by the way, is challah bread from Six Hand Bakery, and when you run out, I'll have this one sliced up, okay? This is what, Henry? Panda what? Pande me, which means something. Bread of. Oh, crumb of me. Yeah, but mostly like any bread is pande. All right. Make sure everybody gets one. I should have enough here to make one, two, three, four. Okay. There should be like 80 chunks, and I don't think we have 80 people, so we should be good. Oh, it's nice and toasty warm. Just came out of the oven. That's true. Can you smell it? Hope no one has like a bread allergy or something. Actually, I think some of you do. Sorry. <laughs> Take smaller bites. Make sure Nurse Huff is on hand. We doing all right? Were any of you frightened when I started teaching with a large knife? Memory. All right, anybody who didn't get bread? Is this gonna go crazy if I go back here? Who needs bread? Grab some bread. One slice. <laughs> Guys need bread? All right, thank you. Whoop. Okay, so the bread is still being passed out, but I've got an important thing to tell you about this. Oh, wait, I need a slice. Can I have a slice? Yeah, we had a person, a team leader, eat a piece of bread. What? No eating the bread. Not yet, anyway. You will get to eat the bread, just not yet. Okay, so, guys, guess what? Guess what? Look up here. This is not just any bread. This is magical bread, okay? Magical bread. And here's the question I want you to consider because I'm going to tell you what this magical bread does and then you have to decide whether you're going to eat it or not, all right? Here's the question. This, this bread has a magical property that when you eat it, it will supply you with every nutrient and every vitamin and every calorie and every single thing that your body needs for the rest of your life. You will never need anything else except this bread. In fact, once you eat this bread, you will never be hungry. You'll never feel hungry again. Once you eat this bread, you are done eating for the rest of your life. You're done eating. No lunch, no dinner, no breakfast, no nothing, every day for the rest of your life, you don't have to eat and it won't bother you as far as like hunger goes because you won't feel like you need to eat. You will be completely satisfied with this bread. Now, who would say, yes, I want to eat this bread? Now, that's interesting to me. There are not, it's not like every single hand is up. Who would say, no, I don't want to eat this bread? Why would you not want to eat this bread? Give me a, I'll tell you what, I don't want to eat this bread. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the no side. Why don't you want to eat this bread? Is that, uh, is that, no, wait, that's 
uh, Kate, right? Is that Kate? Yeah, Kate. Right, like, I don't know about you, but I like eating. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, for me, it's not just like eating just to be full. Like, I don't sit down and think, okay, exactly how many calories do I need? And this is what I'm going to pick. No, I open the refrigerator. I'm like, what looks good? You know, what is going to taste good? There's the pleasure of eating that comes with eating. It's not just about getting full, all right? So I want you to keep in mind that idea that when you have something right here that will fill you up for the rest of your life, you kind of, like some of you are like a yes, some of you are a no. Just hold on to that idea because we're going to come back to that at the end of the message. You may eat your bread now. It's not actually magical bread. I lied to you. Okay. While you're eating your bread, could you get out your Bibles or your little Gospel of John that you got in your bag? They all got Gospels of John, right? Okay. And I want you to open to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Can I borrow your gospel of John a minute? I want to see something. I'll give it right back to you, I promise. Okay, good. That's all I needed to see. Just making sure. Yeah, okay. So we are going to start right around... John chapter 6, verse 26. Can someone look in their Bible and tell me what the heading is? You know how your Bible has those like little headings? What's the heading right, should be right before verse 26? Jacob, I am the bread of life. That's what we're going. That's where we're going today. But could you please tell me the heading that's before that one? What's the heading that comes before I am the bread of life? Rihanna, there's one, should be one in between. Jesus walks on the water, and then at the beginning of chapter 6 is Jesus feeds the 5,000. So here's the backstory. Before we get to the bread of life, a lot has been going on. So Jesus has started his ministry, and by this point, he's kind of famous. At the beginning of chapter 6, he's got a huge number of people that are following him around wherever he goes. Why? Because he's been doing unbelievable things. He goes from town to town, and he touches people, and they're healed. He touches people and their eyes are opened and they can see for the first time in their lives. He touches people and they're delivered from like the oppression of demonic influence. He touches people and these crazy miraculous things happen. If you heard about that, you'd probably want to go find out what was going on too. So he's got this big crowd of people following him. Now, at the beginning of chapter six, he's near the Sea of Galilee. And it says that, um, it eventually says, I don't exactly know where it says in there, but um, it says that 5,000 people gathered to see what he would do or hear him speak. And it was actually probably more than 5,000 because I, in one of the accounts, it says um, that he fed all 5,000 plus the women and children. So like, sorry, girls, like the way they counted back then, it was like they counted 5,000 guys. And then there were all these other people too. So it was like, it was a big, big crowd, right? So he feeds... 5,000 people because they're in a remote area. There's no place to get food. The only food they have is this kid brings five loaves of bread and two fishes, and Jesus miraculously multiplies it enough to feed everybody and even have leftovers. You've all heard this story before, right? Shake your head up and down. Okay, when they're done, they're so impressed with what he's done that they want to like haul him off to Jerusalem and make him the king of Israel like right now. And it's not 
the time for that. So Jesus goes off by himself, and the people who are remaining, at some point, they see his disciples get in this boat without Jesus, and they go away. And they stay because they think, okay, wait, the disciples went, but Jesus wasn't there. Jesus must be around here somewhere. We're going to stay where Jesus is. So they stay. The next morning, I guess they camped out overnight. The next morning, they realize that Jesus isn't there, so they go looking for him, and they find him on the other side of the Sea of Galilee with his disciples. Well, how did he get there? Well, that's the thing that happened in between. He walked on the water, across the water, to get in the boat with the disciples, and then they ended up in this place that's on the other side of the lake. And they find him there knowing that there's no possible way that a human being could have gotten from point A to point B just overnight. He had to have done something miraculous. So that's, that's the setting of I am the bread of life. They just saw him healing tons of people. They saw him feeding thousands of people. And they saw him, if they didn't actually see him walk on water, they know that he like teleported or something. Like he did something crazy to get from here to there in a short amount of time. So they've established that this guy is something different. And so they find him on the other side of the lake. And here's where we're going to start in verse 26, if you want to follow along. Jesus answered them and said, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life which the Son of Man will give to you. In other words, Jesus is saying, you don't yet realize who I am. You're following me around and you're interested because I fed you. I gave you something. You're looking for the wrong thing. You're looking for bread. You're looking for the miracle. You're, but you're not yet, they don't yet know who he is and that they should be seeking him. And don't you know that we look for the wrong things sometimes? When we do like church stuff, when we come to youth camp, when we come to transform, when we come to Sunday mornings, sometimes we're there for the wrong reasons. Many of you know that I was saved when I was really little, um, but there was a time in my life that I did not walk with the Lord closely at all. And then that changed when I got to college. When I got to college, I started taking my walk with the Lord very seriously. But do you know why I did? Because of a cute girl. That's true. I, she's my wife now. So that worked out. But when I got to college, I was not thinking, you know what? I need to find a great church and I need to press on with the Lord. Like church was like low on my priority list. Okay. But then I met Rebecca and she was cute. And all of a sudden, I was like, you know what? I need to go to church, <laughs> you know? And she was in a church here in town, and I started attending that church, and the Lord, in his goodness, used my wrong reason, my wrong thing I was seeking, to get my attention, okay? And he does that for us. So maybe that's you. That's one of the things I'm actually hoping team leaders, if you guys want to jot this down in your notes, I'm hoping that's something that you guys can talk about at devotional time, whether that's this afternoon or this evening. But the question, why are you here? Why are you here? Because some of you, like when you're preparing for youth camp, you might be just like, your brain might be totally thinking about friendships and relationships. And some of you might be thinking about games. And some of you might be thinking about catching somebody with their elbows on the table and running, you know what I mean? So there could be all kinds of reasons why you're here. But my prayer is, like you're going to see that 
Jesus is trying to communicate to these people. My prayer is that by the end of the week, you'll realize that Jesus has you here for a much different reason. Amen? And that he will do something in your life that will make you very, very different and open, his, open your eyes to see who he is. Because these folks, we're going to see it. It takes them a while. I'm not, I'm not sure that we ever really see that they get it. But we go through a lot of verses here, and they just don't get it and don't get it and don't get it. And I want you guys to get it, okay? So here's, here's what they do. He says, he just said to them, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. And they said to him, this is verse 28, what must we do to be doing the works of God? So right away, they're still not like getting it because they're thinking, um, their focus is still not on Jesus. They're thinking, what do we need to do? What is the work we got to do to get the bread, to do, get the things, to have this like thing that you're doing, Jesus, keep going? And Jesus answers them, this is the work of God, you ready? That you believe in him who he has sent, that you believe in him who God has has sent. Jesus is saying the work that you need to do is to believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that he came from the Father, that he was sent by the Father to accomplish a work here on this earth for you. And you need to believe that. And these folks, like we're hard on these folks because we look at this in hindsight, but we're like this sometimes too. They say, they respond to that with about the bizarrest thing that you can imagine a person saying. They say this, John chapter 6, verse 30 and 31. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. We gave them bread from heaven to eat. So just context, if you're not familiar with the manna story, this is referring to the nation of Israel that wandered in the wilderness way back in the book of Exodus for 40 years, and God gave them bread to eat every day. It was called manna, and it would show up on the ground every morning, and they were supposed to take as much as they needed for that day. If they took more, it would just like rot and go bad and be gone by the next day anyway, and they had to gather it each day. The Lord would provide for them every day this manna, but it would just miraculously arrive. And these folks are saying, well, what sign do you do? Like our fathers told us about this manna. What's the sign that you do? These people just saw him heal people, open people's blind eyes, walk on water, feed thousands of people with a couple loaves of bread. And they're like, what else you got? You know what I mean? Like they're, it's like mind blowing that right after this, it's the next day that they would be looking for a sign. They needed their eyes to be opened. And again, I pray that Jesus opens your eyes this week. So then Jesus says to them this, and we're going to kind of break this down sentence by sentence. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, stop right there. Anytime Jesus says truly, truly, listen up. He's about to say something really important. Okay, it was a common thing back in that time, especially in the Hebrew culture, that if you said something twice, you really meant it. Okay, say it once, it's important. You say it twice, it means this is really, really important. So Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, 
It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. So can you imagine those people who were like questioning Jesus? What sign do you do? Our fathers gave us the manna. And Jesus says, well, it wasn't Moses that gave you the bread. It was my father who gave you the bread. Can you imagine them being like, okay, fair point. Fair point. Like this bread, we know it showed up on the ground every morning. It was a miracle. That wasn't something that Moses did. The father provided that. All right? Okay. Then Jesus says this crazy thing. For the bread of God is he, is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So the same people who were just sitting there saying, okay, yeah, fair point. I can see that. Can't you imagine them now going like, wait a second, this bread is a he? Like, I think, I think you misspoke Jesus because I've eaten a lot of bread and I know it's not a he and it's not a she. I think you meant it. Okay, but Jesus meant exactly what he said. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, because remember, they're looking for what they can get. They're looking for the miracle. They're looking for the sign. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. Like, that sounds good. We'll take that. That sounds great. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Shall never thirst. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Jesus is saying, that bread of God is he who comes from heaven. He's saying, that's me. That he who comes from heaven is me. Now, again, we have the gift of hindsight. You guys know what hindsight is, right? Hindsight means looking back to the past. It's like when you, when you do something dumb and then afterwards you realize, I should have known not to do that. But in the moment, like when it was actually happening, you, it, it didn't occur to you that you shouldn't have done that. That's why they say hindsight is twenty twenty. When you look back on things, you see it much clearer. We have the benefit of hindsight. And so when we hear Jesus saying to them, I'm the one who came from heaven. I'm the one sent by, he's basically saying, I am God. I am God. And we're so used to, you know, we've been to Sunday school, we've been to church, we've been to transform. We're used to hearing that. If you went out on the street and talked to people who don't believe the Bible at all, they still would probably not be shocked if we told them that Jesus was God because we live in a culture that at least people are familiar with that idea, even if they don't believe it. It's not something that, that is uncommon to claim. It's not weird to our ears. In this context, a couple thousand years ago, this guy doing all these crazy things, and then he says, I am God, that wouldn't have gone over well, okay? Now, what happens very shortly after this time is a lot of the people who were following Jesus left they didn't want to follow him anymore because when he says things like this, they decide, oh, no, he's crazy. He's crazy. Either that or he's committing this really horrible sin called blasphemy because no man is God, right? That's what they would think. No man could be God. Any man who claims to be God is guilty of this sin. We don't want anything to do with that. And so they left. Now, the reality was 
Jesus wasn't committing a sin because he actually is God. But he's saying to them, I am God. Now, as a cool little aside, just because some of you will think this is really neat, where is the first time in the Bible that, that God gives his name? Does anybody remember? Yes? Yeah, Moses in the burning bush, right? And you're thinking of the same thing. And he says, I am who I am. That's God's name, right? I am who I am. The interesting thing about every single one of these I am statements that we're going to be talking about this week is that they come from like the earliest translations of these uh, scriptures are in Greek. And in Greek, if you wanted to say I am, you would say the word I-me, E-I-M-I. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right, but bear with me. E-I-M-I. So I-me music teacher. I am a music teacher, right? I-me... Uh, pastor at this church. I am a, a pastor at this church, right? That's how it works. But when Jesus said this, he did not say, I me, the bread of life. He said, ego, I me, E-G-O, ego, I me, the bread of life. And if you take that ego, I me, guess what it means? I am who I am. So he was referring back at every one of these seven statements. He's referring back to when God revealed himself for the first time and he's equating himself with that moment when the Lord met Moses in the burning bush. That would have had a massive impact on the people hearing these things because to them, Moses was everything. So he's saying, I am God. And if you come to me, if you partake of this bread that I am offering you, this bread that is actually me, this bread of life, you will never hunger or will, and you will never thirst. Just like that bread, I, the magical bread I gave you at the beginning of, of the lesson, right? Now, does that mean that Jesus is actually bread? No, it doesn't mean he's actually bread, right? He's, he's drawing like this comparison between him, him, himself and bread, this bread of life. But it's important, it's an important uh, comparison, not only because of the looking back to the manna, but the looking ahead. When do, where else in our church tradition do we use bread to commemorate what Jesus did? Yes, Beasy. Communion. And what do we do? We eat the bread and we remember what Jesus did for us. In fact, I think it's at the end of this chapter six, it's somewhere right around here where Jesus says, The bread of life is my flesh, which I'm going to give to you. I'm going to lay my life down and I'm going to give it to you so that you may have life. So he goes on in John 6, 37 and 40. We're almost finished. It says this, all that the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So get this. If you believe that Jesus is who he says that he is, And if you come to him like he says for you to do, if you trust in him, if you turn to him, 
You are saved forever, and he will never cast you out. He will never turn you away. He saves you forever. And just like the not really magical bread, but let's pretend it's magical bread, just like this, he satisfies every single need that you could ever possibly have. Now, am I talking about like physical needs? If you come to Jesus, you're never going to get sick. You're always going to be financially well off, all of that stuff. No. We're talking about your spiritual needs, your spirit. He's going to make you a new creation. And that new creation in Christ is all that you ever, ever need. So the question is, and this is the big question, and I really want you to be thinking about this. You're going to have all kinds of things going on today, games and lunch. We're having lunch sometime soon. There's, all going, to be, there's going to be all kinds of stuff going on. But I pray that the Lord will bring this question back to you. If Jesus can satisfy every spiritual need that you have, the question is, do you want it? Do you want it? Because like when I think of the, the magical physical bread, I think... Well, I don't want to eat this because I want to still be hungry and I want the satisfaction of just like the eating and the trying of new things. And my question to you is when Jesus says, I can give you spiritual satisfaction, I can give you a kind of satisfaction that is not anything that you will find anywhere in this world, the question that you need to be thinking about is, do I really want that? Or am I attracted to other things in this world that the world says it offers that aren't really going to satisfy you wholly, but man, they look good sometimes? I mean, if we're honest, that's true. Some of the things that we can find in this world look really good at times and are satisfying at times to a degree, but not forever and not ever completely. It says a lot about if we answer that question honestly, it tells us a lot about where we are in our spirit and our walk with God. So my encouragement to you, and I don't even really, I kind of ended my notes right there and didn't really decide how I was going to end, so I'm just going to wing it here. But my, my encouragement to you as we finish up this session, Aiden, are we singing some more? Yes? Okay, we're going to do another song. Why don't, why don't the band come up? That way we can get ready to sing. But my encouragement to you as we as we go throughout the rest of today and throughout the rest of this week is self-examination. Self-examination is to be looking at yourself and saying, why am I here? Why did I come to youth camp? And do I really want this Jesus who says, I can give you every single thing you need. You are going to find satisfaction in me. And if the answer to that is like, yes, absolutely, I do, then awesome. That is super fantastic. If you can be honest with yourself and if the answer is no and you're willing to say, no, I, I realize that I'm, I, don't, I don't really want Jesus that much. If you could be honest with yourself and take that to the Lord and say, this is the way I honestly truly feel but I don't want to feel this way. Lord, I want you to show me more of yourself. Open my eyes so that I can just see how big and awesome you are. Magnify yourself in my eyes 
so that I don't want the things of this world and I want you instead. I guarantee you he will answer that prayer and he will show you more of himself all kinds of ways this week, in his word, in worship, in conversations with each other. It's going to be a good week, okay? But my, my encouragement to you is to call out to the Lord and seek him. Amen? Let's stand and sing.